Aloha and welcome to the Woman on Fire podcast, where we are fired up about a lot of things. Normally tends to be about birth and pregnancy and postpartum and childbearing in general or fertility or women's health or women's rights or or human rights. (laughs) Um, So, you know, just some of those topics. Um, And we end up going through awesome tangents sometimes too. And I should let you know my name, I suppose. I'm Daniela and I'm here with the awesome co-host, Jamie. Here she is. Good morning. Hi. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember last time we recorded. I don't think I even introduced myself. I got so comfortable. Like, no just need diving to diving right in. <laughs> yeah, just like we have a topic, we need to get to it. Um, but this time we have a general idea of what we're going to talk about. Um, it'll kind of be a hodgepodge episode of a few different topics. So here we go. here we go yeah all right maybe Jamie take it away with your topic of what's on your mind yeah we've been tossing this one around a little bit but we never we didn't feel like it was necessarily like a full episode so we've kind of been hanging on to it um for moments like these when we've just got a few different things on our mind and and uh it's the the importance of doulas actually um I think it's a really interesting thing. I had a good conversation with a friend of mine. She actually has sort of like a doula um, network that people can go to her um, her little business and they have several different doulas. They do all kinds of great stuff, childbirth education, and um, they do postpartum support, like belly binding, all different kinds of things. So Best Birth Hawaii um, is the name of their business. And they have, they hire a lot of really great doulas, actually. Um, I've had the pleasure of either knowing them by working alongside them or helping some of them even have their own little ones who then were compelled to support other women. Um, and so, um, and I've known the, the woman who owns the business for a very long time since she was just a fresh new doula herself so it's been kind of cool because as I've um, done this trajectory of of becoming a a full spectrum birth attendant um, then her journey of becoming a full spectrum doula and businesswoman um, and she's been quite successful and has really helped support a lot of families here and we had lunch one day and it was just nice to reconnect and and we were talking about the importance of doulas and how you know, she, she, she said that a lot of, she's noticed a lot of um, mothers who are choosing home, of course, don't usually choose a doula because a lot of folks feel like, you know, well, what's a doula for? They're your advocate and they're there to like, make sure that you don't get overrun by the hospital system or that you really know all your choices or to slow things down or to give, you know, um, give options and whatnot. So, you know, I have a little bit different perspective on doulas, I think in the sense that, yeah, but ultimately we're not your advocate. We can't speak for you. We can just sort of like interrupt the fast moving train of interventions by asking questions or is that what you really want? Or do you understand what they're offering you? Um, Do you need time? Things like that. Um, Because Ultimately, in that room, no one can speak for the mother, but the mother or if she is married. 
um, the, the partner. So if they're not married, that also makes a difference. Um, so, so that yes, they doulas are there for those purposes, but also the emotional, physical, loving support that, you know, I think a lot of folks think they don't need them or don't want them at home births because they don't want a whole bunch of people or they don't want, you know, this, that, or the other, but the reality is that having that loving support throughout your labor is still relevant at home. Your midwife or your birth attendant can, of course, provide those things for you. But if, but the reality is if your labor tends to be long or you think that maybe you'll want someone earlier in the labor rather than, you know, like during the, the active, active part of labor, because again, most birth attendants they're not going to just show up and catch the baby like like what happens in hospital with the OB but they don't necessarily tend to come when you're just getting started either and there's good reason for that i mean um and one of it is that if it is a long more drawn out um process which it often is especially if it's your first baby um then the person who you have hired to like be there if the rare circumstance of an emergence situation comes up, if they're there and they're awake for 24 hours or 36 hours with you, then when that emergence situation comes up, if it comes up again, super rare, but if it does, which is the whole reason why you've kind of brought them in, you don't want them to be out of their mind either and underslept and you really want them to be sharp. And so it's not that, that midwives and birth attendants don't want to rub your back and love up on you and encourage you and make sure you're drinking water and doing all the things that is the emotional support and physical support a doula can provide, but not for 36 hours. It's just not really like the best for you and your child in the rare circumstance that they would need to be very sharp. Um, you want them to be thinking clearly. And the other reality is that, you know, women traditionally birthed with women. And so even that of like, oh, well, my partner can be my, by my side and be awake with me for 36 hours and things like that. And it's like, well, that too, but then we all go home and he's got to still take care of you or she, you know, your partner, whoever they are, they need to also be able to help take care of you, get you to and from the bathroom, change baby's diapers, bounce them when you're trying to nap, all that stuff. So it's also not to your benefit to put all of that responsibility on your one support person. Um, and so, because you want them to be like, totally immersed on the other side when when those other extra helpers step out of the room for 24 hours or whatever however long that looks so um yeah so I just think that um birthing in a circle of of supportive women where maybe one has you know different levels of of types of support can actually be really beneficial. I mean, we used to birth with our sisters or our mothers or, you know, the, your, your close 
dear friend who you would consider as this, you know, this is how we used to birth a little bit more in community, even if the actual birth itself was more private or, um, but it was the like, this is something of like birthing and ceremony or birthing um, with true loves and support and not exhausting everyone <laughs> along the way, you know? Um, so that way when mom says I'm tired, her team is still strong and present and, um, and can even rotate through, you know? Um, so, yeah. And I'm sure you have a lot to add to that, but that's just my first little tangent about why doulas yeah. are amazing, whether you're in the hospital or not. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, it's funny. I was kind of taking notes of different things I wanted to address and like you covered most of it so it's like okay we're done <laughs> that's, the <whole> thing. <laughs> that's the whole conversation uh, but no I will elaborate on some of the many points so I'm glad you brought up social birthing because you know birth has changed so much throughout the cultures and generations or even within you know same uh, geographical locations the cultures change right but there's this book called A History of Childbirth in America, uh, Lying In, because that's what the hospitals used to be called, right? The Lying In. And that was kind of the appeal of the hospitals. Um, one of the first appeals was like, oh, well, for moms that have like five kids at home, they can go have their baby at the hospital and just stay there for a little while and just focus on that baby and not have to worry about the five kids at home. <laughs> so that's why they called it Lying In. But they talk about this social birthing um, in the context of, I think it's colonial America, at least the reference they're talking about, but it existed in different ways in different parts of the world, a social birthing. You know, you read the stories of the, the groups of the indigenous women that would, it wasn't, you know, I think there might often be this idea of the midwife being the one midwife that served the entire community and at some point it was like that and well now it sometimes it is like that but that's not the only way it existed and you know I think maybe we had to become that way over time just it's just how it worked out but as society became a little more um I don't know domesticated or something privatized um, yeah <laughs> But when it was maybe more of the Roots Village style, there was like the team of women that helped each other out and shared all the many responsibilities and roles, because that's a lot to put on one person. You know, I think about it when, you know, sometimes there's folks that like, I, I only want you, I don't want you to bring an assistant. And, and I get it. And we've talked about this so much and it's all circumstantial and um, and knowing what you're choosing when you're asking your midwife to come on their own. And not, sometimes it's like, oh, I just really want it to be private. I don't want too many people here. I don't want to feel crowded. And, and those are really important, valid reasons. Um, but also knowing what it means when you're asking for just the midwife to show up on their own. It's like, okay, well, that's, you, you know, we pride ourselves in having the midwife model of care and not being like the hospital but if you think about it for a hot second we're in the hospital they have like a team just for the baby they have a team just for the mom they have like shifts they have 
the the doctor who's gonna come in just at the end right and and there's problems with all the many people too but there's this happy in-between place of working as a team and sharing the responsibility um and not having to be the only one doing everything <laughs> um so yeah there's this happy in-between place of I totally went off on a tangent somewhere else beyond social birthing, but I fantasize about that, you know, sometimes because sometimes I think about like, oh, it kind of would be nice to like have more than just one assistant, you know, which is like the main model I've seen. But I've also been in the model of the midwife having her two assistants and and I always felt like, oh, that's just too much. But I've been thinking about it lately, like, oh, you know, that there's some definitely some perks there too. So anyway, social birthing was a thing. And then doulas at home. Yeah, I've come around with those thoughts. Cause yeah, if you think of a doula just as the advocate that's gonna help warn you of all the things that can come up in the hospital it's like oh well then they seem irrelevant at home because you know you don't really need your birth plan at home like yeah it's good to go over what you want and don't want but you don't have to be like going over your birth plan at home because during the labor because you're working with the same people you've been working through in your pregnancy and they know what you want and don't want right it ain't like dealing with the nurse you've never met before so, and that way it might seem like a doula is not needed, but when it comes to sharing the responsibilities and having different people help you throughout your journey, it's like, yeah, that doula can let go of the having to um, help you navigate all the policies <laughs> um, of hospital worlds. So you can release that and then just focus on the emotional, mental, spiritual support which yes, is also the heart of midwifery that we talk about being so important of preserving and not just reducing midwifery to clinical, just in case emergency savior skills. It's like, that's a tiny piece of the puzzle. It's an important piece of the puzzle, but it ain't the whole puzzle. And let's not forget about being kind and thoughtful and spiritual and holistic and awesome. <laughs> um, so there's that overlap with doulas and midwives but they're also very different so yeah just sharing the roles and of lobbing up on women because yeah if we stay up for two nights rubbing your backs like oh man we're, we're just gonna be you know it, it's different you just there's no denying it you're just not as sharp when you've slept versus not slept it just is what it is <laughs> and you can be really awesome and well experienced and um like get used to it and, and be able to push through it you know there's totally that but also it just helps to freaking sleep and have a balance as much as possible right well and I've been called to births that I wasn't you know um planning to go to just simply for fresh new energy because everybody's exhausted right like the the midwife and the assistant show showed up yesterday in the middle of the night and now it's four o'clock in the morning on the second night nobody's slept everybody's exhausted and so like maybe we just need new fresh energy you know and that doesn't happen a lot but it has happened and so that's that sort of idea of i mean and we talk about this as 
teamwork as, when we're attending births too, where maybe we show up at six o'clock and we realize uh, at, at midnight, like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be like through the night. And so being sure that we're taking care of each other, even, so we don't all end up super exhausted, but every now and again, it's like, someone's in transition and they're actually just happen to be transitioning for a long time and, or they're, you know, they don't like the way the push feels or whatever. So you think you're almost there. And then, you know, here you are six hours later, you both <laughs> stayed up all night thinking that at any moment, the shift's going to happen, you yeah. know? So again, so being able to like, you know, yes, it's up to your team to help rotate some of the responsibility as well, but Again, if you're relying on your partner to solely be the one who's going to um, be able to love up on you. I mean, I remember this story that one of my mentors told me where the dad was like sitting there behind her for hours as she was like laboring and kind of teetering on pushing all these things. And he really needed to pee, but like she she wouldn't, she didn't want him to get up. And it was the, just the birth attendant and the partner. And so like, if the baby's going to be coming anyways, he was like basically holding it and holding it and holding it and holding it because there wasn't someone else to sit behind her during this phase. And, um, and finally when he got up and went to the bathroom and then came back and sat back down behind her, the release happened, the like energetic release. And I mean, that's just one tiny anecdotal story, but it's this whole thing about when women are birthing babies, they're so sensitive to energetic, you know, circumstances, which is also why women don't want a lot of people in the room. So, you know, I would say, you know, yeah, you would choose your team carefully of how and how they hold their themselves but also sometimes having, and you don't want to like necessarily just invite people to invite people. You don't want to invite the wrong person. Like if your mother or mother-in-law is going to just sit there and stare at you and wring her hands, she's not actually a good support person. Mm -hmm. She should come after and let you guys take a nap or whatever, you know, yeah. but not maybe during the birth, but having, having that support, that emotional support for you and your partner is huge. Mm -hmm. And like we always say, you know, just plan for it to be long and then be pleasantly <laughs> surprised when, it, when it's shorter. Exactly. And I don't, I've never met a woman who regretted hiring a doula. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no one's like, I felt too supported. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like I've never, There's you know, because even that, <laughs> oh, or like I didn't actually need a lot of physical support, but those pictures are great. Or like my house was cleaned up or whatever. Like or I I, I could focus because I knew someone was watching my kid or yeah. Taking yeah. care of that thing. Totally. Yeah. So cool. yeah. So doulas are important. Yeah. Even in the home setting is right. is really sort of the bottom line. Like don't just nix it out because and I know sometimes people won't hire a doula because they have to privately hire a midwife as well so sometimes it's financial but there are a lot of doulas who are who are just getting into it and who are not 
real expensive, but have their heart in the right place. And some of these newer doulas are really well, like they're already mothers, they've already had births, they already have some some real life experience to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're kind of testing the waters if this is really what they want. And of course, for doulas to be able to attend home births, I mean, it's such a gift for them because it's not as common. So, so don't rule them out just because you're staying home. Um, and if you are going to the hospital, please hire a doula. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> and, and preferably not a state appointed hospital appointed doula because they're not the, they don't the work again. Yeah, they don't work <laughs> for you. They don't work for you. Their heart is in the right place of trying to provide service to every single person, but there's ways to get that. And um, but when they're appointed by the state or the hospital, they, they work for the hospital. And, so. you know, you just bringing that up, oh, just is, uh, oh, what is it? it? It's aggravating. I don't know. It like gets me worked up right off the bat where I have to be like, it's okay, breathe, calm down. <laughs> Cause that's just the trend and it's growing and I see it and it's, uh, it's what happened to midwives. Sorry. Right, right. It started out of this, like, oh, we need to help not save people from the system, but like, hey, the system's kind of messed up. We need something else. So we started this something else. But then now we're like trying to get the acceptance from the system that we were trying to split away from in the first place. So it's like, what? (laughs) Defeats the purpose. Uh, So yeah, just watch out for that new trend. It can seem like a good idea, but it's, uh, mm, well, it's tricky. I think we've talked about this before, so I don't totally have to hash it out right now. But oh, talk about things that fire us up. <laughs> well, and wondering how we get to certain places. And this is like, this is the breaking point of like servicing all, but then at what cost? Yeah. And who benefits from the service that was initially intended for someone else? So. Almost overwhelming to think about this because I, it's like you zoom out and then you see how it's connected to so many pitfalls of the bigger picture and how it, right? It's led to where we're at now. Um, in With so part. many things. Yeah. It's like, oh, and- oh. Yeah, everything. Yeah, the downfall, <laughs> right? Because doulas, by and large, this whole notion of a doula—not just support in pregnancy, but the doula was like it came up as like a woman need that experienced help in the hospital, someone who's familiar with the hospital setting and birth, and can help educate the mom and be on her team, right? To bring your own team support the people in your corner when you go into the hospital because the people that work at the hospital are too busy in their form working for the hospital yeah exactly but now you're you're again gonna hire someone that works for the hospital it's it's uh hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so just something to contemplate right like you know yeah we it would be great to it's always great to be able to provide universal services it's always great but maybe finding ways to do that without including the system, right? Like, um, because then it becomes a part of that whole thing and it loses its magic. You know, like doulas are really 
can be such magical, amazing, supportive creatures and, (laughs) (laughs) and really can make a big difference. Yeah. But when they are also bound by hospital policy or obstetrical protocol and not getting in the way, because that's, you know, some providers feel like doulas get in the way of medical treatment when really most doulas are there to like, like I said, slow the roll of intervention or like, well, what other options are there? You know, true informed consent, which we know doesn't necessarily happen so much in the medical world. There's a lot of coercion. There's a lot of fear mongering and, um, and not a lot of time for educating the, the clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this could branch out so many ways. I know this isn't really where I think we intended the conversation. Not because. at all, but now <laughs> I can't help it. My mind's like traveling many ways because um, it's big and it, there's totally a place for, you know, uh, the advocacy, the having someone who's there, who's not afraid to like, you got to be respectful and kind in your communications to be effective, right? You got to be tactful and intelligent in those uh, communications. It ain't just, I'm going to be a rebel and rock the boat and I don't care what you think. It's like, well, okay, well, we're in the hospital. So like, let's try to have effective communication, not because I'm trying to be the good girl. Then um, I don't want you to get mad at me. It's like, no, just say it. So we can act like you're trying to work as a team, right? If someone's chosen to be in the hospital, they want to be there. They want to work with those people, um, who those people being whoever ends up being the birth team that day. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like seeing this, genre of doulahood that is afraid to rock the boat like seeing lists that literally like delineate what a doula does and it's like massage the mom believe in her tell her she's doing great and then what a doula doesn't do uh doesn't interfere with medical intervention doesn't speak out uh or up for the client or it's like well what world is that is I'm like is that for real because that's not it just doesn't seem to make sense that's not where I started and sorry I just it's kind of uh, it's peak worthy that that's a big thing and this is the professionalization of things that really didn't come from a place of being professional like in the sense of you know, higher education or whatever. It it came from a a sense of like loving support and, and heart centered work. And it's sort of like the over-professionalization of heart centered work again, like good intentions, but there's, there's often, you know, unintended consequences with good intentions as well. So not all doulas are made the same. Be clear on what it is that you want out of a doula or what kind of support you're seeking, what your values are and ask the doulas those kinds of questions. So you get a sense of what are the found, what's the foundation of their approach to doulaing, right? How do they show up? What do they do and not do? How do they see their responsibility? 
um, so that you can not be surprised <laughs> by thinking, right, just like the midwives, not all midwives are made the same. There's different perspectives, there's different trainings and angles, because some people are like, oh, well, I hired a, a midwife, so I, I, I'm good on, I'm going to have my natural birth that I planned on because I have a midwife. And it's like, okay, right on. And then you talk to them and often the story is like, oh, oh, you hired a, a nurse midwife. Okay, that doesn't totally not mean they can't be natural minded. Okay, but there's the growing trend of nurse midwives being much more medicalized than people by and large realize. And then they're maybe surprised that they are more intervention friendly or like super pro, just get the epidural, epidural. Mm -hmm. easier for everyone. Yeah, so sometimes people have an idea and the idea doesn't match up with the reality so okay well well that ended up being a longer conversation than I thought it would be <laughs> well, I might but it's good yeah but good to touch on it you know I think that yeah. it's um we kind of got a couple different points across and it's uh yeah it's good information out there because some people don't even know the difference between a doula and a midwife is the reality too oh yeah have we ever talked about that on the podcast I don't know. I don't know. A little bit here and there. I just did. And I'm sure people yeah. can piece it up along the way. But I'm actually, I'm off. Or even a, an assistant, assistant midwife. And they're like, oh, yeah, midwife. the midwife, the midwife, and then the doula. The and doula. It's like, mm, no, yeah. she's not the doula. I know. <laughs> I know. But she's kind of maybe sometimes do, doing doula y things. So just how midwives do. Exactly <laughs> the overlap. Okay, maybe we should quickly clarify a little bit because I'm actually often still surprised of like who ends up being confused. I was like, wait, I thought it was crystal clear. How is not it not? Okay, let's go there super quick. Because yeah, there's overlap. So it ain't like the clear boxes all the time. But to some extent, there can be clarity <laughs> in category. Yeah. So, okay, I think we talked about doulas a good amount, right? They're like emotional support mental childbirth education um yeah yeah physical emotional support um advocacy but can't speak for you right. um, no one can speak for you is the reality doesn't matter who they are no even if it is your husband or your yeah. Yeah. life partner or whatever uh -huh. sorry yeah yeah <laughs> so that's doula in a nutshell and i think the boundary with them more or less ends with like uh oh, kind of medicine like medical stuff like they can certainly share information about all the medical options and interventions and tests etc um but they're not really monitoring your baby they're not monitoring your health and wellness um they're they're more of that support where a midwife I, and it's hard too because I don't necessarily deem midwifery as a medical thing right, right? Exactly. so it's you know it's one of those um funny touchy edgy things where it's like what is a medical device right so it's taking a blood pressure a medical device it's listening to the baby's heart rate a medical procedure you know things like that and I think that that really varies across different um views of midwifery even um but like anybody can go get a blood pressure cuff you right. can go right now for 35 bucks and buy one yeah. at 
CVS or you can order a manual one online and you can very easily learn how to take a blood pressure. A thermometer, like is checking people's temperature a medical (laughs) procedure, a medical test procedure. I think maybe a better word could be because I get tripped up on that aspect too, but it might be more like just monitoring health in general. I think sometimes health is equated with, oh, it's medicine. Like, well, no, it's just like health and knowing what's healthy and what's not healthy and what's normal or typical and what's not normal or typical. So that's more what the midwife is doing. That's different than what the doula is doing. So the midwife kind of does all those things that we talked about that the doula does. (laughs) And And this other way. (laughs) which is why it's helpful if she also doesn't have to be the only one doing all the things but yeah she can do all these things um right she- though if she's a wise midwife she also in 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 you know encourages people to seek outside resources right not just take the you know not just take my word for it but do your own research indeed indeed right i mean self-reliance on just one outside individual from ourselves is always tricky whether it's just a relationship like romantic relationships or friends or yeah you can't be someone's everything for us to have in general yeah never just rely on one person to be your end-all be-all yeah um so okay yeah that's what the middle is doing right it's not the doula's responsibility to necessarily monitor if this labor pattern is normal Right. Or if this baby needs support once they're born or help manage bleeding, things like that, you know, again, not that midwives are there for the like worst case scenario either, but yeah, that is part of it. You know, that's, that's ultimately why, you know, that, that safety net of like someone knows what to do if this is happening um, and has experience in it, not just knows what to do. It's not hypothetical ethical like they know they actually can can help manage it whether it's medically or herbally or you know like traditionally um so yeah. and that, that's that spectrum of different kinds of midwives some are more medical and use more you know pharmaceutical routes and others are um more connected to plant medicine and traditional practices and um and so but yeah so they, they were there for um, those, the birth attendants are there for, or like, what if the baby's shoulder gets stuck or any of these other things, right? Like that's not really um, the doula. Right. Though she might know she because might. If she's taken a lot of like, you know, body work or exercise or maneuverability and things like that. But it's not, that's not really the expectation of a doula. That's more of a highly educated curious doula who may end up end up being a midwife in the hospital. right 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 that's above and beyond <laughs> indeed right I mean okay you could have been a registered nurse and then decided to switch into being a doula so you have medical knowledge too but that doesn't mean that you're now using you, it yeah yeah it can inform you but it's not how you you know lead right that ain't um what doulas are about even though they can have more knowledge than the typical um scope if you will of a doula again i'm not trying to confine like doulas only do this don't try yeah. to do something else then <laughs> right well and when i used to transverse both lines right and yeah. and they call that like a monotrice right someone okay. who's 
um, you know, has training as a midwife, full spectrum birth attendant, whatever you want to call it, um, who may actually just be stepping into a doula role, you know, where in the hospital, they don't have any privileges and they can't do certain, you know, they can't like talk about who can and can't do stuff, you know, like the hospital won't allow them to put on a pair of gloves or won't, you know, um, help them do certain things, but doesn't mean at home, they're not maybe listening to the baby's heart rate or can't, um, <laughs> can't check dilation. If that's something like, I only want to go in if I'm eight centimeters, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that's an in-between zone, but also recognize, and that's why some of these like doula, like certification bodies, it makes it challenging if you're certified by certain ones, because you're not allowed to use essential oils. You're not allowed to like do X, Y, and Z if you're going to carry their certifications. Wait, is that a for real one? Yeah, somebody's, what? somebody's, yeah, that you're not allowed <laughs> I to. I cannot, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, that's, that's laughable. Okay, right yeah. on. Good to so. know. But yeah, okay, and maybe that aligns for someone, but the point is like check in with, the philosophies of these agencies because there's some interesting stuff going on out there um yeah so I get, some, yeah, <laughs> yeah to be part of their club you do have to uphold certain parameters so okay so anyways all right that's doulas that's midwives and then midwife assistants well could be a few different things but it could be either she's hired literally another midwife to assist her or but she's still called an assistant or she could be a student and then the student could be at various parts of their journey um and regardless of which one it is you know what's the role of the assistant it's like just do whatever the midwife needs <laughs> and you know the mom but which might be boiling pots of water and not rubbing the mother's back, right? Exactly. So like <laughs> like my, the midwife's hands might be mis- busy rubbing. So like you go boil pots or go take pots of water out of the tub <laughs> or go, it's like, all right, baby has been born. Like you go clean up over there while I'm checking in on mom and baby over here. Um, or maybe the midwife is sleeping so she can be sharp for that amazing important moment of the emergence and so the assistant is uh you know maybe doing monitoring yeah yeah just that just someone who's awake with the mom (sighs) yeah so if you haven't hired that person as your doula then they are the midwife's assistant and (laughs) and it can cross over back and forth right again because a lot of what birth attendants and midwives do comes from a place of being of of doulaing of loving on the woman and supporting the woman but if you haven't actually like made clear that they're your doula then they're not they're actually hired by the midwife to come as their assistant um and again not that they can't cross over but it is funny how many times 
the, you're in an assistant role and they're like and then the doula came and that that you know I'm like hey, they... so many so <laughs> I, okay I'm but so did they you... take your blood pressure uh-huh. okay <laughs> did they weigh and measure your baby <laughs> we've never talked about this before and I've just been holding this with myself for a while mm-hmm. and I'm just so happy you brought it up and it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh we can relate on this it's like yeah it's weird to have that because like well okay whatever the roles and names don't matter okay but like it kind of matters a little bit to me just because I'm like I really don't I never wanted to be a doula I only dabbled in it for a little bit because it just kind of happened like I always knew I wanted to be a midwife and then okay organically dual opportunities came out I'm like okay uh but then I've also let go of that like I'm that I don't identify with that so then to hear people call me I'm like that's not what I am <laughs> but also I'm trying to just like be okay and not get caught up in titles so all right <laughs> but also if we can help clarify things we do want people to be clear so that's good too yeah yeah <laughs> And, and again, it's, it's hard because there's a lot of like blurry, wavery lines is the reality. But, yeah. um, you know, like I think about when I was attending births as a doula and, you know, that my whole goal for doing that was to create good relationships within hospital. I mean, obviously to support the woman, but also in the long run, support more women that if I needed to transfer someone they didn't think I was a wing nut, you know, they were like, oh, we've worked with this person before. She's rational. We can talk to her. We real, you know, like, it's not like, I'm just this cuckoo bird bringing people in you know, like, I don't know. It was really important for me to develop a decent relationship with hospital in case I needed it, you know? Um, and, and I learned a lot about the beauty of what we were avoiding. <laughs> oh yeah. And and as we talked about in that one in that one podcast about like leaving that system behind and how like you cannot unknow things and when you see things being done to mothers and babies that seem um frivolous or unjustified or whatever it's it just gets harder and harder to hold that space. Um as a doula, when you yeah. know, it could look so much different. Um, and again, I, I hate like talking about like dogging that system because there is a place for it, but I just still so always feel that it's largely overused and, and it's, there is a lot of reported abuse and mistrust and deceit and you know, I can't ignore that that is the reality. I mean, there's a reason why doulas exist. There's a reason why Birth Monopoly and all these other organizations, you know, um, exist because this is, this is sort of, you know, women don't speak about rape and they don't speak about obstetrical violence. We're just supposed to take it, you know, like accept that it's part of being a woman and, I call bullshit. So, (laughs) absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I think there's this place of it's okay to honor your calling and and 
right? We're not called to be nurse midwives, but we love it when there's an awesome wise nurse midwife um, at the hospital for when that's needed, right? Absolutely. We want people that get it. And OB, yep. whoever, whatever your title is, <laughs> um, like that doesn't mean I have to be an OB. That doesn't mean right. I have to be in the hospital. In fact, the one I said last time, like, well, just because I'm like advocating for natural physiological breastfeeding doesn't mean I'm dogging like formula feeding either. And also formula companies have from the get-go done really shady shit. <laughs> um all around the world but also there's a place for formula like we're not you know that right it's like it ain't this or that it's like this and that and also it's okay if I highlight the the greatness in this one side and it doesn't have to by default mean I'm talking shit on the opposite thing <laughs> sometimes a little bit but also I'm just talking about how great this one thing is and that I'm called to focus on that that's it yeah yeah my last thing with the doula thing where I was like I'm going to stop pretending like this is my thing where it was when I missed that one home birth with you and and honestly I was also at the hospital with this woman where it's like you know our plan was to be together I'm glad I could be there for her as opposed to like sending some random backup that she hadn't met before you know that which I, I was planning on maybe doing but she didn't really need me. She had an epidural. She was happy with everything the hospital was doing. She wasn't trying to fight off anything. She agreed with their plan. Like, you know, like she, she was happy. She was in good hands with their big team. Like she was stoked, you know, like you didn't really need me. And you didn't really need me either. That mom didn't really need me. No one really needs me. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, yeah, it felt really junk to kind of leave you high and dry. Again, like everything was smooth and fine. You didn't, I don't think you felt that way. That's not how you expressed it to me, but it no, not at all. Way to me of like, oh, I told her I'd be there and I wasn't. <laughs> so that's when I was like, I'm, I'm but it's hard to leave a woman to the wolves when you know oh. that at yeah, home, even though she this didn't person, <laughs> yeah, 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 she didn't see it that way at all. Well, but it's I not did. how it panned out for her probably either really but I it's know. just but it's one of those things where you know that like yeah that if you do leave her alone maybe more interventions would have occurred and she was because using that wouldn't that just would have felt that that was just what was needed and it would have been fine if she, if she, right by and large by and large one can only yes. assume um so anyways that was the, my last whatever expression of the cup overflowing because too many drops in it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah got it um yeah and I'm not even sure what our topic is anymore but just focusing on what we need to focus on yeah well and flowing we just- with the conversation which is always <laughs> you know I think that that's a healthy place to be too instead of trying to just you know form fit everything um, I mean, gosh, we've been, we've been going for a good, a good minute now about, you know, yeah, the, the topic of having the benefits of a doula and that they're useful everywhere, even though you didn't feel that useful. And I've had situations like that. I've had situations like that too, where I'm yeah. like, oh, wow, I'm literally just going to sleep in this folding chair all night. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um but that's and so yeah um 
but they are wonderful and they are they're they're you know they're they're doing these they really you know even though it's not necessarily my my trajectory anymore i strongly recommend considering a doula no matter where you're having a baby they also come in with pre and postnatal support often too and even that of getting you know just different people's like thoughts and techniques on certain things um as far as like comfort measures during labor or in the postpartum of like nursing and and all those things as well um or just someone to tell you like you're doing great mama you know and hearing that from multiple people as opposed to just your partner or just your midwife or just your I mean your OB won't see you for weeks and they just want to put an IUD in you so (laughs) I don't know how much they're going to tell you you're doing great Uh, maybe your pediatrician you know but it's really from hearing it from someone who like knows you know who can look you in the eyes and say like no you know I know this is hard but you're doing really great sometimes just hearing that from multiple angles and and different people's perspectives can make a world of difference on how you move through your days in those early postpartum times. Indeed. So. Yeah. Well, I have the perfect thing to wrap up our podcast with. All right. Yay. <laughs> I just got a message from someone that went to one of our circles, um, our monthly childbearing circles. And she wants to know what your recipe was for those balls that you brought the other day. Cause she's like, they're so good and I'm craving them. So I thought that might be oh. fun for listeners to get this <laughs> recipe for like little protein energy snack sure. balls. Sure, <laughs> I'm not the greatest with measurements. <laughs> Thankfully it doesn't really matter with this cause it's not like it's baking or anything. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I've made these, uh, macadamia nut protein ball things which are really great because you know they they're packed full of um like healthy sugars carbs and and then of course they're they're made with nut butters so um i get the big jar of macadamia nut butter from costco and i put it in a bowl (laughs) and then i use hemp hearts i use currants cacao nibs um and all of that is maybe about a half a cup of each maybe a little more of each of those and then you're gonna need about a cup and a half of oats um you can use any kind of oats i tend to use quick oats because then they'll absorb the um the moisture a little bit better um and then what else is in them um about a half a cup of honey and though honey you don't have to have but it's just that little extra edge of sweet and flax seeds (laughs) um and then mix it all up so with clean hands you just gotta massage it all together and then i stick it in the fridge for about an hour or until it's like more firm again And then I mix hemp hearts again in with um, real thinly, thin cut coconut flakes. And I roll them, roll the balls out and then roll them in that so they don't get too sticky. Um, 
and yeah and then keep them in the fridge until you're ready to serve them um though i've had them rolling around in my car all day and they they <laughs> tend to not get all into mush yeah. or stickiness so yeah so that's kind of the recipe and everything like i said it's like a half a cup ish of all the little ingredients and then like a cup and a half maybe two cups of oats um and that whole jar of because i don't when i make stuff i don't make small servings because I usually make things to share so mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool. uh wait let me double check because I was trying to text this while you said it so and then at the end after they've been in the fridge for an hour you roll it in the coconut flakes and flax seeds uh usually I'll roll it in um hemp heart and coconut. oh more hemp hearts got it yeah that sounds so good. and yeah. you don't necessarily need to put the hemp hearts into the mixture but I've kind of experimented around with the different things. It's, I mean, it's, it's just extra protein, so it doesn't hurt, you know, um, right. and well, the whole yeah. idea is they're protein balls. So, well, that's why I thought it'd be great to share on the podcast because I have a mom's in pregnancy. I mean, we all need more protein, but in pregnancy is like an extra need. So this could be a fun, different way to add it in and right. People often need the like, quick snack something easy and on the go and sometimes finding something healthy on the go or quick snacks is hard so I'm like bam here's one make a bunch (laughs) yeah you can stick them in your freezer I mean they freeze and unfreeze really easily so um like and it doesn't change the consistency or the texture or anything so and they're great during labor even because they're you can make little ones or you can just you know they you make them where they're like two or three bites um, so they're not anything major. So if you don't really want to eat, but you know that your labor is dragging on and you need something, you know, again, it's like good. And you can, you know, if you're vegan, you can substitute honey for agave or whatnot, you know, an alternative or, or like I said, doesn't necessarily need the sweetness. I mean, macadamia nut butter is pretty darn sweet as it is, but, um, I do tend to add that just for the extra sticky thing and, and that just that little edge of sweet. I mean, in a half a cup of honey and probably you've got, probably got about seven cups of material there. Or eight yeah. Cups of material there. Oh, make sure you really got isn't that much, really isn't that much. So <laughs> cool. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. An awesome recipe. They're really worth it. Seriously. They're delicious. Yeah. And it, you know, it'll cost about $20 and you'll make probably like 60 of them. Right. You know, so it's not that it's not that off the wall cost wise either. Yep. So, um, so enjoy. It'd be fun to see pictures of anyone tried this. (laughs) Let us know how it goes. Okay. Well, as usual, you can contact us at our email with thoughts, questions, ideas, feedback, etc. And that email is womanonfire at gmail.com. And that's woman as in W-O-M-E-N as in plural. So there's that. And thanks for tuning in for another adventure with us. Indeed. We'll have fun stuff to share next time. We've got Dr. Stu coming today. (laughs) I know it's a legendary time. Yeah. So it'll be really great to be able to share 
um, what adventures we have with him while he's here. We're so grateful. I know. I'm stoked. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, until next time. Is it a hui ho?